we'd like to welcome you back to our third and final part for uh, of our current event and weekly Bible study for January 11th, 2009. We're going to pick up on this article we were reading from Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, The Coming Great Deception and the Luciferian Endgame by L.A. Marzula, this possible end-time scenario. that, that um, This is a fictional account, but there's a lot of truth in what we're reading here, and it's good to be prepared for possible scenarios like this. Uh, and this confirms essentially much of my research. And I think he did it, he just put it in a very... Uh, concise way where we can look at this. So, continuing, it says, the end game of this global ruler is to be worshipped as God. This is the Antichrist. As cited in Revelation 13.8, remember that after the aliens have revealed themselves, the world will embrace them as the real, uh, as having the real goods as to how, who God is. In other words, people are going to trust them. They're going to be in all the technology. They're going to be in all of whatever else, line signs and wonders that they present. And they're going to be able to say, Oh, yes, Mr. Whoever you are, our creator, creators, uh, please tell us the real truth because we've just been lied to. Okay, so again, that's the scenario there. The Bible indicates that the Antichrist will be able to perform miracles like calling fire down from heaven and other remarkable signs as noted in Revelation 13. 13, paraphrasing it, where he says he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven in full view of men. Okay, So, again, that's what we're dealing with here. Okay, And uh, this is going to be part of the deception. The world will gladly accept such a figure, and when one thinks about it, it makes a lot of sense. Think of all the wars that have been fought in the name of religion. Just look at what's going on in Gaza, in the Middle East. Think of the countless multitudes slaughtered because they did not believe the ways other wanted them to believe. Now, this is religion has been the single greatest tool of Satan in order to be the excuse for the extermination of many different races or partial, if not total, annihilation or extermination, all in the name of their particular deity. If you're a Muslim, we did it for Allah. If you're a Catholic, we did it for, you know... I don't even want to say they did it for, for, for Jesus. Because there's no biblical justification for what they're doing. The Bible talks about loving your enemies, doing good unto them that, that despitefully hate you and use you, these types of things. You know, whereas they're saying, no, we must go because the Catholic Church, we must kill them and, or, you know, convert them or kill them. But see, that's why religion has been the single greatest tool of Satan in order to do this. And I don't include Bible-believing Christianity in that, okay? But, anyway. So, think of the uh, the planet is stained red from the blood from these wars fought over millennia. The Antichrist will usher in an era of peace for three and one-half years, according to Revelation 13.5. This, however, will be a false peace, and one that will delude the people of the world. After the three and one-half years are over, the gloves will come off. And what will be brought upon earth will create the most cataclysmic time in our history. Jesus said in Mark 13.20 that unless those days are shortened, no flesh would survive. The severity of the statement should not be lost on us. What is coming is horrific. The idea of a one-world religious system seems completely absurd right now, especially in light that there are 2.1 billion Christians. I mean, as fervent as the Islamic people are willing to die for the demon moon god, Allah. Can you imagine them getting on the same page as the Jews? We're talking whatever's coming has to be something like the world has never known. 
in order to get everybody on the same page. So we've got 2.1 billion Christians, 1.3 billion Muslims, and I 2.1 billion Christians. I lose that ter- use that term very loosely, very loosely, because the vast majority of them I do not believe are saved. They're plain church, lukewarm, whatever you want to call it. Okay, then we have 9 million Hindus comprising the world's major religions. However, the following is a specific prophecy found in Revelation 13.15 that gives validity to the idea that a one-world religion is imminent. Uh, This is KJV. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Okay, so if you don't bow yourself down to this image of the beast, this, this image that can actually speak, and you don't fall down and worship it, you know, the penalty is death. I believe that this passage of Scripture pertains specifically to the setting up of a one-world religious system. Of course, this seems like an impossibility. at this. Well, I'm sure it's going to play heavily into the one-world religious system. Uh, this seems like an impossibility at this juncture, and indeed, with the ideal of ideology of the radical jihadists in Islam, this would be an impossibility right now unless an earth-shattering event with vast theological implications manifested. See, whatever's coming has to be based on religion. Has to be. Politically, you cannot solve these problems. You can't solve these problems through social actions or political actions or even through war. You can't do that. This is a religious mindset that, that has to be changed. Now, when it says this would all be an impossibility unless an earth-shattering event with vast theological implications manifested, well, I think, again, I go back to this devil betrayer character. He comes and he says, listen, I am the fifth Buddha you've been waiting. I am Imam Mahdi to the Muslims. I am the Messiah to the Jews. I am Jesus to the Christians. I am Krishna to the Hindus. I'm that all rolled up in one. Here, I'm going to throw in some line signs and wonders. I'm going to communicate with you telepathically all over the world. I'm going to have a, a star shine in the sky for seven days straight, both day and night. How is that to impress you? Uh, you're going to see holographic images of me in the sky via Project Bluebeam. And then all my little space buddies are going to come with me. And, and people are going to be, it's going to be a, a combination of shock, awe, fright, everything. All rolled up into one. And if this comes... After we've had all of these cataclysmic events, false flag nuclear events, possibly some biological pandemic, maybe avian flu, bubonic plague, whatever, uh, possibly in conjunction with um, false flag, or not false flag, but um, natural disasters, whether that be a meteor, whether it be, there's been a lot of stuff lately on the internet about Yellowstone blowing. Yellowstone is, uh, I believe, the largest volcano caldera it's it's underneath the ground but it's over like a mile wide and they're saying that it's due to blow and there's been all kind of earthquakes there i've had all kind of email emails regarding this um if that did blow you know they're saying it would kill everyone within a certain uh, hundreds of miles radius that could be enough to Im- implement martial law there's so many different scenarios and then we have the world war three scenario now, if this comes on the heels of all of that, it's going to be all the more impressive because people are going to be so desperate. And then we have this. And it's like he's got them right where he wants them, essentially. He goes on to say, I provided a scenario below that might explain how this prophecy may become a reality. In other words, how the radical Islam 
can get on the same page as the Jew, which would seem like the most impossible scenario on the planet from a religious standpoint right now. Now, if one were to see holographic footage, and they have this technology via Project Bluebeam, I've done a study on Project Bluebeam, then I tied in with Maitreya. If you key in the word blue, just blue, blue or Bluebeam, on my uh, keyword search box, on my homepage, you'll find it. It's like part seven or something. Now, sometimes if you key in a keyword and a teaching comes up on my, on my, um, a teaching comes up that seems unrelated to the keyword that you typed in the search box, just bear in mind, I did that. I can't always include the thing that I talked about in the title. So, if it comes up, rest assured, I mentioned it in that particular teaching. And go ahead and listen to it, even though it may seem unrelated. It's always good to, to listen to it from the start, like part one, part two. But if you want to skip that, you can do that as well. I know I did that with Bluebeam in particular. If one were to see holographic footage of the resurrection of Jesus being assisted by so-called extraterrestrials, would not that change one's belief? Holographic footage in the sky. Then they're going to have a way to manipulate it on the TV. And then they've got all their mind control technology that we mentioned earlier. This stuff isn't fairy tale stuff. This is, this is most likely coming. In one way, shape, or form. And on as grand of a scale as they can pull off. Lord permitting. The Lord's permitting this to happen, remember. What if similar holographic films existed depicting the supernatural events of other religions as being directed by extraterrestrials. Remember Barry Downing, a Presbyterian minister who believes that Jesus' resurrection was assisted by extraterrestrials. In other words, Jesus wasn't, he was resurrected by, by aliens. It wasn't Father God, the Holy Spirit, you know, that, no, no, it was, it was, it was ETs. And a guy like this Presbyterian minister, how many people is he going to take to hell? Because of his false theology. The following is a passage from the book Lying Wonders by Bob Kaminsky that elaborates on this concept. What amazes me is that the author arrived at the same conclusions regarding UFOs as I did, and there was no collusion between us. This is the excerpt from that book. It says, suppose an evil alien command um, developed a significant plan of deception for Earth. The plan was introduced to certain elect leaders of the world. Now, I did a whole teaching called Project, uh, where it talked about um, uh, the Grenada Project, I believe is what it was called, or the Grenada Treaty, I'm sorry. Just key in Grenada, or part of that word in my keyword search box. And it tells you about the secret treaties that our government has had, I believe since the 40s, late 40s. Uh, there's a lot of proof on this. There's a lot of proof there's been collusion regarding this. Trading technology for experimentation on a populace. Talk about making a deal with the devil. And isn't it kind of funny, that's when all the abductions started? Around the same time this treaty was started? Huh. Anyway, one of... Uh, so let's say the aliens came in in their magnificent, magnificent spaceships and landed at a base where they were anticipated. Some people have seen these spaceships, like that one over Texas recently, and the, thing, the things are like a mile wide. Sometimes they, some of these aliens claim that some of these spaceships are thousands of miles. Why? Now, could you imagine if something came over where you're at 
And you can't even see the end of that bad boy? Wow, I can't even see the end of this ship. Can you imagine what kind of fear that would put in the average person? Can you imagine how awestruck they would be? Can you imagine how they would say, you know what? Whatever I thought religion was, I'm willing to listen. That's how it's going to be. It's going to go down that way. I'm not saying exactly a thousand miles wide spaceships are going to appear, but, you know, there's all these UFO sightings that are taking place, thousands and thousands and thousands worldwide every year. Do you think it might be, they might be preparing us for something? You think that might be part of the strong delusion that God said he was going to send, that they would believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth? And the word of God is truth. People really don't concern themselves with the word of God anymore. And when they come, guaranteed, they're going to question the word of God every way they can. People are going to be walking away from, from the Bible in droves. The Bible talks about that he's going to shake everything that can be shaken, that that which cannot be shaken will remain. This is part of the testing and the trying of our faith. Personally, I don't really think if you already know about this and you're already grounded in the Word of God, I don't think this is going to be that big of a, of a test for that person because that person is going to expect it coming. He's believing in the Word of God. It doesn't matter what, what is going on around him. The waves can come and the winds will come. But because you have built your foundation on the solid rock of Christ Jesus and His Word, the King James Bible, you're not going to be shaken. This is coming to test. Judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. We're going to be tested. We're going to be tried. Trying of our faith, which is more precious than gold in God's sight. Let's go further. Let's see here. Okay, so, upon landing, this is this scenario he's painting here. Let's say that the aliens came in their magnificent spaceships, landed on a base where they were anticipated. Upon landing, they met in secret with military and civilian leaders. One of the civilian leaders was a prominent representative of a large Christian denomination. Oh, you mean like Rick Warren? The one who's giving the invocation speech, prayer? Isn't that funny, invocation? When you invoke a, I think of when you invoke a demon, like when you're doing a witchcraft ceremony, that's nah, probably about similar to what's going to happen. At least a witch is honest when he invokes a demon. You know, now we got some guy playing church, Mr. New World Order, Mr. You know, you realize, I talked about this last week, that Rick Warren's five-part peace plan and, and the fact that he's a CFR, Council of Foreign Relation member, and how he's going to be giving the invocation prayer at Barack Obama, Mr. Abortion and Mr. Pro-Homosexual himself, he has evidently no problem with that. You know, Rick Warren doesn't have a problem with what, with what Barack Obama stands for. And as a member of the Council of Foreign Relations, he really shouldn't. He's, he's going to be used mightily in order to usher in the one world religion, and he's going to be used mightily to get Christians to come together and to put aside our denominational labels and combine into this one world religion. He's made that very clear. It's funny how his five-point peace plan very much mirrors what Lord Maitreya's goals are on his website. And you can go and compare the two and see that I'm not making this up. I would think Rick Warren would, would, be, would be the most likely candidate. Billy Graham's too old. Um, Rick Warren is absolutely the most likely candidate, I would think. 
So, one of the civilian leaders that agreed to meet with these, these, this alien contingency was a uh, representative of a large Christian denomination, I believe it would be Rick Warren. During the course of the meeting, the Earth leaders were shown many spectacular wonders. One being a holographic representation of Jesus being crucified and dying on the cross. The aliens demonstrating their... their now, I believe when they appear, they're going to appear as humans. Understand that. I understand they are of their father, the devil, and of his works they will do. These types of things. Uh, and a lot of times they appear as greys or reptilians. or Sometimes they appear as what they call Nordics, though. And the Nordics are these blonde-haired, blue-eyed, really, really gorgeous, both male-female type figures. These ascended masters always appear as typically as male figures. So they're going to come, they're just going to look like us, except a lot better, most likely. So one, um, this, they're going to they're show a holographic representation of Jesus Christ being crucified, dying on the cross. Now again, we've got all these particular networks like, oh, Discovery Channel, History Channel, I've done all these teachings refuting like the zeitgeist, where they're saying, oh, Jesus Christ never even existed. You know, there's no historical proof on any of this. In fact, all it was was a rip-off of the sun god. We've done, we've done whole studies on this. Um, the, um, the book Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Uh, the Lost Tomb of Jesus. Then that movie Bloodline. We've done, I've done whole rebuttals. There's been so much emphasis on this in those particular documentary channels trying to totally get you to dismiss that either Jesus Christ was ever here or if he was, he was a pagan and he just ripped everything off on the sun gods. And the Bible, the God of the Bible is not who you think he is. And that's why the Bible talks about that we're, we're to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. For certain men that were crept in un, un, certain men were crept in unawares, men of old, that were ordained under this condemnation. These men have crept into the Christian church or, or introduced things that would get us to doubt the word of God. And it says they were, they were ordained to this condemnation. Hard to conceive of that. But the Bible does say that. And it says it in numerous places. Going further, it says the aliens demonstrating their intellectual and technological marvels, 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 were able to convincingly suggest to the Earth's leaders, including the prominent church leader, that this, that it was the alien hierarchy that brought man into this world. Again, the end scene of the end scene of Mission to Mars is the best example I have ever seen of that. Because in this thing, it shows these little pods. I, I don't think I finished that story. Mars gets destroyed. These little pods they, they, the aliens launch from space toward Earth. They go, into this, they go into the sea. They become an amoeba. They do this, they do that. And then eventually, you know, they become lizards and then cattle and then monkeys and then Piltdown Man, Cro-Magnum. And then eventually they evolve into humans. Now... Millions of years later, the aliens have come back to police their little science project. It's a very common theme, what I'm telling you, and this thought has been implanted into mankind's head for the coming deception, particularly to the Christians. And then this goes on to say, they alone, we're going to claim they invented God, or the concept of God, and religion to control man's development environment and destiny and that the aliens themselves who invented and inspired the bible 
Jesus was their invention, and it was all a ploy to keep mankind under their managed care. Something like a big HMO, like they have in the healthcare system. The bottom line is this, that unless a person has a personal connection to the Lord Jesus Christ, by the way of the Holy Spirit, the living God, he is born again, most likely he or she will fall for the ruse. Jesus tells us in Matthew 24.4, Mark 13.5, and Luke 21.8, that we're supposed to take heed that no man deceives us. He keeps emphasizing it over and over again regarding this end time scenario. This is the same verse that's connected with um, the Antichrist coming with all lying signs and wonders. And if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. Matthew 24. We are warned uh, in the three above quoted Gospels to be on guard that no one deceives us. Are these statements that are applicable in this tumultuous time in which we live in? I think they are. The coming great deception could be the appearance of the fallen angels masquerading as aliens. Remember, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was the greatest thing, the most noteworthy thing, going on in the days of Noah? Was it that they were marrying and giving in marriage? And <laughs> I don't think so. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wise of all that they chose. And in those days were giants. This Nephilim, fallen ones. The giants, the word for, for giants in the King James Bible is Nephilim, also translated fallen ones. They were the offspring. They were the corruption of the human seed. So this deception, I believe, is the Luciferian endgame. I have spent much of this book discussing the supernatural, there is a weekly report that comes to me via email. It is called The Filers Files. It is a compilation of weekly UFO sightings from around the globe. I asked how many... Now, these weekly UFO sightings, this isn't some Christian. These are generally trying to be objective organizations documenting UFO sightings. Okay? I asked him how... Um, the reason I said that about Christians is I'm not... I don't want to act like this is just some Christian... You could accuse of being Christian biased information. Okay. I asked how many UFO sightings appear in a year's time. His answer was around 10,000. Wow. 10,000. He based this on first hand knowledge of what is reported to MUFON, uh, which is like the Mutual UFO Society or something. MUFON and what he estimates goes unreported. Here is a quote from Mr. Filer regarding his weekly post. You can visit him on the web at www.nationalufocenter.com. These files assume that extraterrestrial intelligent life not only exists, but my hypothesis is that over 100 UFOs reported each week represent technologically advanced spacecraft conducting surveillance of the Earth. I personally became interested in UFOs when I chased one over England when flying for the U.S. Air Force. I've been investigating them ever since. The U.S. Air Force, under Project Blue Book, investigated UFOs for more than 20 years. We continue the research. They just suppress it. Of course, some governments are actually coming out with this now, releasing this information. He goes on to say, Our goal is to uncover the secrets of UFOs. We are continuing the investigation and make the assumption we are not alone in the universe based on the large number of sightings. We can assume the Watchers have been based on Earth for thousands of years. If just one of these reports is true, then how does that affect us? 
How do we discern what we are looking at? What is the ho- what is holding them back from full disclosure? Well, I believe the main thing is the restrainer of Second Thessalonians chapter two. It's all in God's timetable. It's not Satan's timetable. This is what God is permitting, and Satan is subject to God. Then he goes on to say, "Remember, I discussed a passage from the Bible indicating what might be holding this all back." And again, I, I would say to you, Second Thessalonians two. He who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. That's going to probably be the linchpin for a lot of this stuff to start going down. Since the publishing of, this is um, Elia Marzula talking, since the publishing of the Netflix series, I have received many letters and emails. I have also had the privilege and honor to connect with others who have published books on the same subject of UFOs and the Netflix referred to in Genesis 6. I have cultivated friendships with a few of these authors and found that we agree on many issues. One of those agreed upon issues is the idea that the alien agenda is going to be revealed and soon. There is a call for full disclosure. There's whole organizations out there that that's their whole goal. Full disclosure. And they're putting, trying to put all kind of political pressure on politicians to announce you know, this collusion that our government has had and all the suppressed knowledge our government has had of these supposed alien races. And then he goes on to say, what I mean by this is that the aliens want to be revealed to the public at large. According to what I have heard from sources that I can't reveal, certain governments have been in collusion with the aliens, trading access to our population for aliens' advanced technology. You hear what I said? That's a confirmation of what I said earlier. They're trading access. It's like Satan comes to them and they say, you know, listen, uh, we want access to your human population to experiment, uh, and we'll give you technology. And man in his greedy, self-centered thinking, our government says, oh, okay, sure. What, what, no skin off our nose or whatever. We're, we're going to go ahead and let you experiment and um, just give us the technology. And you know what's so pathetic? I've heard a lot of these people that, that are into this UFO movement, a lot of the ones at the forefront of wanting disclosure, you know why they want disclosure so bad? One reason. Technology. Because they believe when we have full disclosure, we're really going to get the goodies from the aliens. We're really going to get the technology. That's all they care about. I mean that. It is so pathetic. These people are going to hell, and all they care about is their technology, creature comforts, or however it's going to make their life more easier. It's really demonically sick. But that's a very common theme that I have seen with a lot of people in the so-called UFO movement. Uh, according to what I have heard from sources that I cannot reveal, certain governments have been in collusion with the aliens, trading access to our population for aliens' advanced technology. I already said that. Again, Kian Grenada treaty, or Grenada, part of the word. In the search box on my homepage, and you'll find the teachings I've done on this. We talked about this at length. I gave several sources of documentation on that. And all of the things that happened around the same time this treaty was signed. It's not a coincidence. According, uh, then it says, as was previously discussed in chapter 9 regarding the Enochian account, meaning the book of Enoch, where the men on earth, uh, which is quoted in the book of Jude, okay? Not to say everything in Enoch is, is canon or scripture. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it as a reference tool. It is quoted in the Bible. And, um, 
if you ever read the Book of Enoch, I would re- I recommend getting the blue hardback edition online. I believe they sell it on Amazon. It's a dark blue hardback, and it has all the different references to the King James Bible on every single page. It's very confirming to Scripture. Okay, It's not canon. I don't go around quoting the Book of Enoch, memorizing it, or anything like that. Okay, I use it as a commentary. So, going further, as was previously discussed, regarding the Enochian account, where the men of Earth allowed access to the female population in order to gain technology. This happened in Genesis 6 as well. Most likely, when the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, they probably struck up some type of agreement with the either husbands or uh, fathers of these women who they took. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they just took them. You know, doesn't say a whole lot about that. But again, they probably did do a very, very similar thing. The Book of Enoch talks a lot about technology that they taught man. Um, astronomy and witchcraft and things of this nature that they taught the women. And this is where we get the first concept of witches. Because this was this was wicked witchcraft that, that was being taught to them. Why? In order to fully defile humanity. Witchcraft defiles you. Who better to teach them than a fallen angel? Again, it's just kind of common sense if you think about it. So, there are those of us who believe a replay of this scenario, this trading of technology, or magic, witchcraft, that the replay of this scenario is happening in our end time as well. One of the purposes of this book has been to warn the coming deception that... that this disclosure will ultimately bring. I'm going to go ahead and stop there for today, and next week we'll kind of pick up with this study with some more current events that kind of relate uh, to this situation. I'm going to go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given us for another uh, teaching, Lord God, that that, um, you've let me do. I pray, God, that you bless my listeners, the people out there, that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. Lord God, that your fear would be upon us. That fear would drive us toward repentance in any area of our life where we need to get right with thee. I praise you, Lord. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I pray, God, you bless the body of Christ, the orphans, the widows, Lord God, the unborn babies in the womb, the poor, the meek, those that cannot defend themselves. I pray your angels would encamp around about them. The blood of Jesus Christ would be over them in the body of Christ. I just pray, God, that you would use us mightily in the days to come, that you would give us faith where we lack faith, and the courage and the boldness to do whatever you've called us to to believe that we would not waver, no matter what is coming in the name of Jesus Christ, no matter what the cost, that, that, that we would do it, and we would do it gladly for thee. I pray you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, that you would wipe our slate clean, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.